It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am so delighted that you are here with me today. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, I am so grateful that you are here. If you're enjoying the show, leave me a review. Let me know what you think. And you can always reach out to me at themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. And I want to welcome listeners in Greece and Chile and the Netherlands and Canada and China and the Philippines, Germany, Australia, and Spain. And I'm just about to hit 10 thousand downloads. So I'm super excited. This is my 27th show. So I made it through a half a year and uh, looking forward to another wonderful half a year. And we have an awesome show for you today. I want to start off by reading this great quote from Jamie Lee Curtis, who I absolutely love. And she says, anti-discrimination, anti-drug. Oh, I'm sorry. There are plenty of things to be anti about. Anti-discrimination, anti-drug, anti-oppression, anti-poverty, anti-sickness. But aging isn't one of them. We need to become pro-aging and embrace the opportunities that aging provides. And totally agree with her because midlife is a time of renaissance, recreation, rebirth, and it can be the absolute best time of your life. And if you're struggling or you are feeling stuck, it's okay. It's super common at midlife. Today's show is going to empower and inspire you to create a life that you don't need a vacation from. And we're talking with two amazing midlife women, pro-aging influencer, Wendy Euler. She is the soul and style behind Goodbye Crop Top. So we'll be talking with her. And then later on in the show, we are going to be talking with Alyssa Deneen. And she is founder of Style My Profile and author of The Art of Online Dating. And I met Wendy last week. And I have to say, I am having so much fun at Midlife. I went to New York City with the love of my life. Today actually is our 800 day anniversary. And yes, we <laughs> met online and I am so in love. We started off our trip going to New York. We went to the World Trade Center site. We went to Central Park. We went to the Museum of Modern Art. We went to Soho and we went to Chinatown and just, God, had such a road trip, had so much fun, had an amazing time at the pro-aging event where I met the incredible Wendy, where we were talking all about like, how do we flip the script? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm here to say, gosh, we I had so much fun and you can have so much fun in midlife. We actually also went to the largest RV show in the country. So it's on my bucket list to get an RV and travel around. Hope to see you in Montana, Wendy. Um, I've been there and it's beautiful country. So let me tell you a little bit about Wendy Euler. She is a model and she's a badass. Let me say that first of all. She's a writer. She's a podcast host. She is a pro aging advocate and she is creator of Goodbye Crop Top. And she created Goodbye Crop Top in response to a profound lack of representation of women her age in the media landscape. So at 49, she recognized that there was an overwhelmingly negative portrayal of women over age 40 across various media platforms. So she took it into her own hands and I'm going to do something about that. And since then, she has made it her mission 
to encourage women to embrace the privilege of getting older and reject societal narratives of what and what shouldn't women do or wear after a particular age. So welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. And it was it's, so great to meet you last week. So great. I love it, that we've actually met face to face. I don't know. I love that. It and is I, and good. I have, yeah. And I have to say, we sat on a panel together and I instantly fell in love with you and your wisdom and your happiness and your sense of humor. And then when I was kind of biting my tongue and sitting on my hands not to um, cuss during the panel, and then you opened that door for me by dropping an F bomb. <laughs> That's when I that's when I really fell in love with you. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. So it's so great to be here. So great to be here. Yeah. Thanks well, for I having said, me. Yeah, it's good to be here. And I said that in response and it came out spontaneously because I don't usually do that, but it was like, <laughs> I feel effing amazing. If you've been following me, you know, you know, I got diagnosed with breast cancer four months ago. And I made some changes. I, I really zapped my workaholic, which was huge, made a few lifestyle changes. I was super healthy to start with, but I do, I feel great and I'm having so much fun. So let's, let's get into it. So yeah. clearly, you know, we've got this negativity bias around aging and the perception of it. I'm wondering, you know, where'd that come from? In your opinion, why are we portrayed once we hit 40, you know, again, you put midlife in Google, it's conjoined with crisis. You put it in the thesaurus and what comes up is the wrong side of 40. How did we get here? Oh God, that's such a good question. Well, one, I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is there's a whole um, world out there of anti-aging, which you mentioned um, in the introduction and earlier. And I happen to be very anti-anti-aging. And um, I think, you know, a lot of it comes from the those that be patriarchy you know preying on the weak preying on the women post 40 making them feel insecure and bad about themselves and like anything else i think one of the you know main drivers is uh, monetary it's a money maker it's a it's a an, a psychological manipulation by the media and the powers that be to make us spend money and feel bad about ourselves and i'm over it yeah, that's so true, because if we didn't feel bad about, you know, whether it's hair, skin, waistline, all of those things, we wouldn't buy these BS products and services, right? And none of them yeah. really are going to give you what you want. You're not going to like wake up someday and all of a sudden look like a supermodel. No, you're not. And, and you know, like I always say, it's it's um, there's no magic potion in in a bottle or in a jar of cream or in a supplement. There's just you you you've got to, and you heard me say this, you know, last week in New York is that I I, I am a big believer and I've pushed for years. I have a podcast about it. I've talked about it that you have to get back to basics, right? I think everyone is all of a sudden hitting these points of panic and trying, you know, this is $500. This is going to make me feel better or this or that. And, and you sit down with these women, which I've done and you've done and that all of us have done here on this call today. And, and you say, Hey, are you, are you really like moving your body, drinking your water, hanging around with fantastic people that lift you and make you feel good? Um, do you have some kind of a spiritual practice that can be listening to music or walking your dog or kissing a tree. I don't care. But do you have some kind of spiritual practice? You know, what, what are you putting in your mouth? What are you eating? Are you stimulating your mind? And all of that is free. All of those things are free. And more times than not, I find, and I don't know, 
you know, I, I, I would, I would bet that your findings are the same, that maybe the women, in my case, the women are the people I talk to are practicing one or two, if of those basic, basic needs that we have to feel good from the inside out. Yeah, those are great points that it is free, that we don't need to spend $500 on some cream, but it's the same thing as we feel like, okay, I feel desperate. I'm gonna do that thing versus, you know, and my, my favorite beauty tip technique is sleep. If I get seven, eight good hours of sleep, and I've been really reading why we sleep and working on my sleep regime, I feel amazing. But all of these things we can do like water. I'm, I'm amazed when I sit down as a dietitian and a health and wellness coach. And I'm just like, yeah, do you, do you have your water, you know, next to your desk all day long? Do you have a standing desk? Are you getting at least 30 minutes of exercise? Are you going out in nature? Are you walking barefoot in the earth? There are so many things that's curious. I'm wondering why we don't do all of these free things and instead, you know, dip into our MasterCard and get the $500 cream. And thoughts yeah, about think- why we do the cream instead of like taking our feet off, our shoes off, shoes off and walking barefoot on the earth. Well, I think it's just human nature a lot of times that we all wait till we hit the boiling point to do something about anything, right? We all just wait till you're about to erupt and you can't take it anymore. And, and, and I think that you have to get to that point to get back to basics. So hopefully this is answering your question, but I, I think we all get so lost in our day-to-day lives and what we're looking at, what's going in our ears and our eyes and our mouths in, in, in every way. And I think another thing is, you know, that, that's, that's toxic, that gets us to that point is comparing yourself to others. You know, that is something I've genuinely, I do not do that. You know, someone recently asked me, who's your competition? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm my, I'm the only me. I wake up every day and try to put good content out into the world and go to bed at night knowing I've done that and practicing my basics. And, and I feel okay about that. But I think, I think um, hopefully this is a roundabout way of asking or, or answering your question, but I think that um, you, you just wait till you get to that point of, uh, and, and, and it's, it's day-to-day life that gets you there. It's, it's kids, it's dogs, it's stress, it's work, it's, you know, and, and, and you just, um, you know, hopefully the more of us that start talking about this, the more people will get back to basics. And it's really a part, it's really a huge part of conquering this second half of life because it's not hard. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the intro, people feel stuck, people feel bad. People, I feel stuck, I feel bad, I feel sad. I feel all of those things, but I'm trying to get back to my basics and to, and, and the, the, what comes with aging is wisdom, you know, like not caring what people think, losing judgment of others. That's the most freeing thing. Lose all judgment of others. Just worry about yourself. And yeah, anyway, lose, that's, lose a, that's, ju- a, that's a fiery tangent. That's yeah, fiery absolutely. Tangent. Yeah. But lose judgment of yourself too. And I think something that I see yes. all the time is that we think as we're, you know, approaching 40, approaching 50, going through menopause, we think this is fait accompli. Like I'm just going to fall apart, gain weight. I know I didn't gain weight. A lot of my clients don't. I, what I find more often than not is it's not the menop- menopause is causing a little bit of it, but it's also that we're moving less. 
our diets are getting dumpier. We're drinking more alcohol. We're sitting more and we're getting less sleep. We're more stressed out, all of those things. And then I think one of the most profound things, and I love what you're doing now on your podcast, these five minute little snippets of things Thank that people you. can do is start your day, even five minutes of just just breathing or a little bit of journaling, connecting with your higher power, as you said, you know, having a spiritual practice doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to, you know, go to India and study or do anything, just a little bit of saying, okay, here's what I'm grateful for today. I'm happy to be above ground. I have people in my life who I love. And, And I think for me, so much of my motivation is like, how am I inspiring others? Right. Yes. How and I love this idea that you kind of brought up is like is if each of us can be the USU, if each of us can just be our best self, not care what other people think, not compare ourselves to other people, but be lifted up. And that's something I love about Instagram. There's a lot of social comparison going on, but then there's just a lot of ladies like us who are just like normal. Well, you're a model, so you you, you get a little bit outside oh, the box. I'm normal. But, yeah, normal. But I, you know what I mean? Like I see so many women who are just like this one woman I follow, Ruby. You know, she just showed herself like jumping in puddles. They had a drought and she was so happy about the rain. And she was out there in her elephant print pants, like jumping in the, the puddles. And I was like, right on, you know, yeah. you are just like, this is who I am. And I'm doing my best to love my life. So how, let's talk a little bit about this idea of anti-aging. Cause I know that you talked a lot about this in the panel with Great Lakes Wellness. Why do you dislike the term anti-aging? Well, because I hate the alternative. I, I, I mean, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm a day older. I've aged and that is what I want to do. I do not want to be in a boxer and earn quite yet. So I will happily age. You know, I, I, I think it's that simple. I have, um, I have a lot of perspective. I've lost um, uh, a lot of people uh, that died way too young. I'm, I'm sure that has, you know, been the impetus behind my passion for life and, and, and my great dislike for anti-aging, but it's that simple. I want to age. I feel lucky to age. Like, you know, I have friends that would, would have given anything to age instead of die. I mean, that's, that's my own personal take. So I, I, I can't stand it. And why I don't want to be 30 or quite frankly, 40 or definitely not in my 20s again. And I loved all of those times of my life, but I am, I don't even think about how old I am. I mean, I sometimes will sit on an airplane and I'll be chatting up a person next to me thinking, I'm about her age. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go to the bar when we land. I don't know. Like, and, and, and she'll say, oh, I'm 33. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, okay. I mean, it kind of, you know, puts me back in my place, but I don't think about it. I just think more about living than, than aging. I, it, it's just, it just infuriates me. And this goes back to what, we, what I just said about the, you know, the psychological manipulation that's everywhere and trying to make, look, if you're 50, you're never going to look 30 again, ever, never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, and so like that, that's not going to happen and your body changes and all these things. But I think you know, when I talk about the basics, and sorry to go back to this again, but one of the basics is hang around with people that make you feel good. So really question, who are you hanging around with? Who are you sitting across from at lunch? Why do you feel like you need to do those things to yourself? Whatever it might be, you know, and I should be very clear that I'm all for whatever puts a 
spring in your step and makes you happy. And I said this on the panel too, Ellen, that, but just question your intention around why you do it. You know, do you do it to look a little more rested and pretty good for your age? Or are you genuinely trying to go back 20 years? Cause it's, it's just not going to happen. But I think the company you keep is everything. The community you have on Instagram is everything. You know, who are you hanging around with? And do they make you feel smart? Do they teach you? Do you teach them? I mean, that's a big one for me. Yeah. And I'd like to add too that the most important thing about you isn't your looks. You know, as women, we're also oh. taught the most important thing about us is our looks. And so when we don't live up to that, the thin, youthful ideal, we feel like something's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. I actually have to say, I like my body and the way I look more now than at any other point in my life. I feel like I'm more beautiful. And I think that's because of the internal changes. And I've really accepted myself and I practice and preach self-compassion. And my research actually showed that being nice to yourself, treating yourself like a good friend, being kind rather than judgmental, knowing that aging is normal, taking a moment when you're like, and I just love what you said about, you know, yeah, sometimes I feel stuck. Sometimes I feel sad. It's normal. It's okay to experience the difficult emotions and then be nice to yourself when you experience that. That actually shifts your body image. My research showed practicing self-compassion reduces body shame, body dissatisfaction, self-worth based on appearance and improves body appreciation. I think as we age too, I'm just happy. I, I'm, I feel good. I just feel absolutely incredible. My energy is awesome. I feel confident. I think that's something that happens. Do you agree that you feel, I don't know, I was very much more self-conscious in my thirties, my forties. I was a personal fitness trainer with horrible negative body image. I was like a um, alcoholic in a, in a, working in a liquor store, working out like four to six hours a day with all my clients. Ne my body was never good enough. So are you feeling yeah. like you're you know, what, what's, where's the wisdom? What are you learning and feeling more empowered around the aging process? Well, I do feel a lot. I feel better than I've ever felt, but it's hard work. I mean, I don't just wake up and go, woohoo. I'm like, you know, I mean, I, I work hard. I work hard to stay fit. I work hard to maintain, you know, which, which isn't super hard to maintain friendships, but with those that are out of town, I work hard to nurture the relationships that are important to me. Um, I eat well. I have a lot of fun lately. I've rediscovered fun and laughter and just how extremely important laughing is. And that those are the people I want to hang around with. I want to laugh so hard that I lay, I fall off my chair. That, that is a big, big priority for me. Um, is, and, and I think, you know, asking around, what have you done to have fun lately? That's what, no, like self-care and this and that, whatever. Great. Okay. But are you having fun? Because that's really, really important. Are you, are you watching things that make you laugh? Are you hanging around with people that make you laugh? For me, that's important. And I wanted to touch on something back to, you know, um, when you feel good about yourself, you start to attract people who feel good about themselves and who feel great about you and who think you're amazing because you finally think you're amazing. But, and I certainly didn't coin this phrase, but there's a very fine line between self-deprecation and self-loathing. And I think people are far too, women in particular in, in our world, far too self-deprecating and, 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 and there's some seriousness to what they're saying and they hear that over and over and they're laughing at themselves, but are they really? I mean, do you know what I mean? What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, that plays into that sort of negativity bias, right? And then also the self-critic. And sometimes we think if I criticize myself first, then I beat other people to the punch. If I say like, I'm having a horrible hair day, not only does that color your whole day, but you're like, okay, I'm going to say that I don't look good or I don't feel good or I'm not good. And so other people aren't going to criticize me. And that's a real thing that happens. And then we get into Mm -hmm. this negativity loop. We think that if I just kind of focus on what's wrong with me, maybe I'll figure it out instead of just being like, Hey, I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a bozo and a bus bus. I'm a little bit klutzy. I do silly things. I make mistakes. And like you said, you laugh at the, the silly things that you can do. You know, I can do something like make a smoothie and forget to put the, the lid on top of the blender. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I blend, I ruined my $400 Vitamix by blending a spoon. You know, we do those silly things as long as um, nothing happens in terms of hurting ourselves. But it is, it's something I see. So if you're listening, catch yourself and, you know, do that piece of self-compassion where you notice, well, how do I treat myself like I would a good friend? Like what I say to a friend, hey, you're having a horrible hair day, right? That's Um, right. And what I, you know, I- I would, I would tell her if she had like a piece of kale stuck between her teeth, I'd be like, Hey, you need to you know, get this thing out. But I would, so I think it's something we do. And I think that that the way that we think about ourselves has such a huge impact on who we attract the life that we move forward. Yes. I know we'll, we'll talk to Alyssa on the second half of the show about dating, but I know for myself, learning to love myself, learning self-compassion and also being authentic. I feel like really attracted my Kenny, you know, really attracted the love of my life, attracted me to this beautiful place where I live on this tiny little island in the Champlain Islands where I just, my life is so good. I have to, you know, kind of pinch myself. Is this real? But when we're feeling like I'm not okay, we keep building this ladder that keeps building these layers of not okayness instead of just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And that's that common humanity piece, realizing that none of us is perfect. So I love no. that you brought that up. Nobody's nerfect, as they yeah, say. Nerfect, absolutely. Well, I want to talk a Nobody's little bit. Nobody's I want to talk a little bit about style because something that I sure. advocate doing at midlife is like looking back at your younger days. What did you love? And when I graduated from mm-hmm. University of Pennsylvania many moons ago, I went into retailing. I love clothing. I sewed all my clothing. I was really into fashion, and I'm kind of like deep six that for a while. And I'm rediscovering that and having so much fun with style. And I've got a great little stylist who is going to, you know, who sets me up. And um, I love, you know, thrifting and going to consignment shops and had a great time in New York. So how do we rock our midlife style? What is yeah, your well, Cause you, you've got a great style. I mean, you showed up in this like amazing jeans with this great vest and you just look like a rock star. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I was just going to say, you have definitely tapped into your style. I see that and feel that about you when you walk into a room and it's, it's you and it's elegant and it's fun. And, you know, so uh, you've got that going for you, I think. And I think that, you know, Iris Apfel said it best lately when she said, you can buy fashion, fashion is for others. You can go out and buy fashion, but style is personal. And that's why I always say style is substance style is who you are and 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 what you wear and how you're presenting yourself to me most times is a barometer of where you are in your life you know how 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 are you coming forward and 
And I felt so shallow for so long saying that, and that's superficial and that's it, but it's not like, to me, it's my art form. I love dressing myself. I love helping other people tap into their style, but I would say, um, you know, never buy anything because anyone else is wearing or, or because it's trendy. Um, like I hate skinny jeans. I hate them. I'm uncomfortable in them. I'm like, by the end of the day, I'm like, if I fly in them, forget about it. You have to, I have to peel, cut them off of me when I get to my <laughs> hotel room. I, you know, and I, I just never got into that trend because I knew it didn't work for me. And if I ever walked in a room in skinny jeans, I was fidgety. It was uncomfortable. They're digging it. And I said, forget it. I'm not going to do it. So one was style. I'd say, you know, dress for yourself. Never dress for anyone else. Dress for you. And, and whatever makes you feel good, again, you'll, you'll be better. <laughs> you know, you'll be, you'll exude confidence if you wear what you love and tap into your own personal style. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice. And I have to say something at midlife is I like to dress more and more like a toddler. Like I just bought myself i love jumpsuits these days jumpsuits and comfortable shoes and but what that event it was so fun i tried this dress on that i wore and i just was like looked at myself and i was like i felt a little like j-lo you know i had this great bud and i had curves and especially after breast cancer you know because i was just thinking like am i even gonna have breasts you know what am i gonna look like and after having that battle i'm kind of like i'm gonna wear what i like to wear and not you know be be you know um hostage to some kind of trends and it's it's weird like i don't even look at mag- women's magazines anymore to see what's in anymore i don't know do you sort of follow the trends or i mean i do just inevitably it comes to me from from what i do you know but i don't i'm very good at scouring them and um kind of understanding what might be fleeting and what might work for me you know I mean, I love the bra tops now with pants. I think that's the cool. I would not wear that, but but I think that's the coolest trend. Like that's one trend that right now I'm going, I dig that. You know, I prefer a blazer or a big cashmere sweater sort of draped over it, but I think that's cool. I'm not going to wear it, but I think it's amazing. Yeah, so, I would I would say I was walking around New York City and I was amazed at how many women were just like walking down Fifth Avenue with a bra on. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm still the old school of like, I don't know. I feel like bras should be like not seen. I don't know. But well, um, I don't know. I think they're they're supposed to be broad tops, but I don't know. Maybe yours were a little too risque. Maybe the ones you saw are a little different. Yeah, they the were they I've were a little crazy. So I'm curious, um, what are some of the top benefits that you have found that come with aging? Mm, one. I mean, it goes back to what we just talked about, losing judgment of myself. So um, really having the confidence and the experience to jump into my own skin and, and, and be confident there. Um, two, to lose judgment of others. I don't care. I, what, you know, whatever works best for you, I don't sit and judge others. And like I said, that is the most freeing thing to me. You know, just focus on you. Um, I think, I mean, there's just, there's more goodness than that. I could go on and on and on, but I, I, coming into beautiful friendships, understanding, you know, what makes you tick and, and the ability to just be brutally honest with how you feel. 
Uh, I mean, there's just there's just so much goodness. There's so much. Yeah, I found it. I fired a lot of my shadow selves, like fired the workaholic, fired the people pleaser, fired that inner critic. And it's when yeah. you do that work, it's so free. And then you just discover like, who are you really? When you get through all of those layers of trauma that have been trying to keep you safe. So I, I have to, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I'm loving exactly where I'm at. I think I'm the happiest That's I have true. been as an adult, totally. So I'm curious, what would you tell your younger self about aging? So if you were sitting down with your 26, 30 year old self and you're like, okay, Wendy Jr., <laughs> here's what I want you to know, what would you say? I'd say, don't look around at anything that's going on right now, because there's this amazing group of women that's going to come forward for you and show you that it's the best time of your life. And the narrative and the thinking around aging is going to be so different when you get there. So just don't worry about it. Have fun. Yeah, I think we are changing the conversation. Do you see that? I mean, yes. I know that we're talking yes. about menopause. That's something new in the last five years. We were talking about menopause. We're talking about pro-aging. People are talking about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Instead of feeling shame, like the, the way that shame gets exaggerated is when we don't talk about it, when we just stay in our shame bubble, instead of saying like, I'm struggling with this and are you there? And, you know, are you having those, you know, the hot flash all of a sudden I was in a restaurant when I was in New York and this woman was like, I'm having a flash. Can you move me somewhere cooler? And I was like, I, I hear you, sister. I totally hear you that we realize that this is all normal and okay. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Alyssa Deanin is going to join the conversation. And we're going to talk more about what we all can do to empower ourselves, empower each other. And also we're going to talk about online dating, which I am super excited about because, hey, I am an online dating success story. So um, take a little break and I will see you in a few moments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. 
For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just head on over to themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I've got a great free gift for you there. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. I would love to know what you think and the kind of guests you would like to hear. And before the break, we were talking to Wendy Euler. And now I want to introduce our next guest because I'm here to tell you online dating absolutely works. Uh, Today is day 800 in my relationship with uh, my wonderful man, Kenny. So in love. We actually went to a wedding when we did our road trip. And I, you know, you go to a wedding and you see this couple and you, you watch them and you look at them and they're loving each other. And I like, I was just crying. Um, I had so much emotion because I feel that way. Here I am at 59 totally head over heels in love every day keeps getting better and better and i found kenny online at a dating site um called uh spiritual singles and it was just amazing the match.com thing didn't work for me they actually had me for some reason i was a male looking for female and i wasn't able to shift that but so i didn't do the match but i did do the uh spiritual singles and i'm just so happy and online dating works and we are now going to talk with Alyssa deenan and she is an editor she's a stylist she is a, has a art director in New York for over 20 years. And after she divorced at age 41, she began online dating and rediscovered herself in the process. Through this journey, she found many people out there that would that could improve their dating profiles and while doing so, their understanding of what they want. She is founder of Style My Profile, and she now helps online daters transform their destinies by taking charge of their profiles and their dating experience with her unique approach of intentional. I love that. Dating and self-discovery. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Alyssa. So good to have you here. Thank you. That's so good to be here. So before we dive into online dating, I just want to um, ask you if you have a quick, quick question for Wendy, because I love having my guests interact. You have a question yeah, for actually, Wendy. Yeah, actually, I do. I, I want to ask Wendy, um, how, who inspired you, I guess, to when and how did you get inspired to get into the pro-aging world and be kind of a mentor about that for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I started it when I was 49, which was five years ago. And I, I have always loved style, which we just talked about. And I've always loved to write. And my whole life I have had my writing and my fashion magazines literally under my bed and pulled them out at the end of the day and written and flipped through and done all that stuff. And I was in the advertising business for years and years, and I had a baby at 46, a whole separate podcast, and um, I took some time off, and I was trying to decide what I was going to do, and I woke up one morning, and I thought, I'm so tired of 
this lack of representation in the marketplace or out there, if you will, for women in the middle. There were either women, like we said earlier, trying to look 30 at 50 or women curling up in a ball and throwing in the towel and thinking their lives were over. And there was this chasm out there back, you know, when I started this five years ago, nothing saying, this is incredible. Like, I feel so good about it. So a few things happened to get me there, but I went on a hike with a girlfriend um, my age and we finished the hike and she said, you know, not every woman our age feels like you feel and you really need to talk about this. Like you really need to just start writing and get out there and, and help women because I have so many depressed friends and this and that. And I read Elizabeth Gilbert's, Gilbert's book, Big Magic, two times in one week and got over some of the fear I was having of putting myself forward because um, it is a bit terrifying. And, uh, and here we go. So that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's yeah. great. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah, Yeah, totally love that. So speaking of fear and courage and confidence, how do you get, how do you know, first of all, that you're ready to date? And then when you decide, okay, I'm ready to do this thing. How do you get the courage and the confidence to start? Well, I think, so I work mainly with people in, in our age group, midlife post, you know, long relationship or divorce. Um, And I think the main thing is, you know, of course, there's the obvious things, which are like, are you healed? You know, do you feel like you're, you know, are you ready in that way where you're emotionally ready to move forward? But it's also, um, it's so much more than that. It's also, are you, do you actually look forward to going out and meeting new people? Because I think so much about online dating, people get bogged down by the, you know, oh, this is just going to be, you know, another date where I, you know, leave feeling unfulfilled and come home depressed. And, you know, so many people get into that mindset, even if you're just starting out, you're kind of like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing. And this is going to be terrible. And you kind of go in with all this negativity. And I think really what it comes down to is getting yourself out the door and actually getting into a situation where you're learning something new about someone. You're telling somebody new about yourself. You're, you know, you're experiencing new food maybe, or a new neighborhood or whatever it may be, something that is going to inspire you in some way and, and make you feel like you want to do that again. And it doesn't mean that you're going out and maybe meeting your soulmate. I think that's where people get tripped up is like, is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the person? Is this my person? Just going out and having a good time and focusing on maybe meeting a new friend or, you know, having just having a fun night out. Um, so I think that's really key is, is getting to a place where you feel excited about getting out there and meeting new people. Yeah, definitely doing your healing first. I definitely went right from divorce to rebound guy, <laughs> broke up with rebound guy. And that was when I was like, okay, let's, really do some dating. I had done a lot of healing, but I have to say my relationship with Kenny was also really healing. And I think that what was Mm -hmm. so important for me was first of all, knowing myself and knowing what I wanted. I wanted something very different this time around and also loving myself. I feel like, you know, it's it's a cliche, but you truly can't meet the love of your life unless you love yourself. Because when you love Mm -hmm. yourself, you stop doing those things that insult your soul and you start attracting what's in your best interest. But I love what you also had to say too, is don't feel like, you know, put these big expectations on the dates. I know mm-hmm. I have to say when Kenny showed up, he showed up with two dozen roses and we, he showed up with a cooler filled with food because he's this phenomenal gardener and it was an amazing first date. But I, I met some interesting people all over the country and I had a lot mm-hmm. of fun just meeting new people and just right. going to make, especially if you go and I went from a 25 year marriage 
to dating and feeling like I, um, you know, I, I floundered a little bit here and then that was okay. I had some really mm, dates that were almost worse than yeah. root canal, but that's part of it, you know, <laughs> and you can just always be like, okay, yeah, it was a nice cup of coffee and uh, yeah. No, you, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, and you can protect yourself too. Like you don't have to give your phone number out. I mean, the, the dating yeah. site, spiritual signals actually has a whole platform that you can engage with so that you don't actually have to even give people, you know, your personal information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually, I have a few clients that use spiritual singles. So I'm, I'm encouraged to, I'm going to tell them that, that I know someone who met someone on there because that's really exciting. I feel like well, you I just to, about the, the usuals, you know, like match and Tinder and, and Bumble. And it's, it's nice to hear that you met someone on, on that one. Yeah. I think the boutique sites can be really nice um, mm -hmm. because they're so well curated and they ask so many questions. I uh, honestly have to say that I didn't reach out to anybody. I had like dozens and dozens of men almost daily reaching out to me. And uh, mm -hmm. it was, it was, a. I actually enjoyed the process. So if you're listening, it can actually be a lot of fun, I think, but that's so yeah. important to have that positive attitude. Like this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you get to a place where you are dreading it and you are, it is a chore. I think that's when you're saying you need to take a break because I think, you know, you really need to keep that, that outlook of, you know, this is just going to be a fun night out. I'm feeling really good about this. I feel good about myself. And you need to keep that positivity because the other person feels that, you know, and, and whether or not it becomes a friendship or something more is, you know, is a whole other thing, but people sense when you're feeling, frustrated and down about online dating. And I mean, that just shows up to the date and nobody wants to, you know, it's like, we're all, everyone's with online dating. Everyone kind of has their baggage with it to some degree. And I think that if you can go into it and both feeling somewhat positive about it, then, you know, you're feeding off of each other. And I think that's so important. So and I think it's good. I mean, I think there's something to be said for a casual first date, like just a coffee shop, but not a lot of um, investment in time. But then it's also really fun to do something a little bit different and mix it up too, to have to have fun with it. So how do you help your clients around rejection? Like they met somebody, they kind of like them, but then the person yeah. doesn't want to reciprocate. What do you do then? I know. And, and the thing is with online dating is that there's sort of levels of rejection. There's the, you know, kind of minor rejection where maybe you message somebody and then they never, never messaged you back. And then it kind of, yeah. And then, well, and then there's the people that you've messaged with for a week and then they disappear. And then there's like the person you went out on one date with and you never hear from them. There's so many ways, you know, points at which you can start to feel rejected. And I think the important thing to remember is First of all, to, to feel the rejection and feel the, you know, feel that moment and then try to move past it and not, you know, I've had people actually ask me in, you know, in speaking engagements, like, you know, basically what's the, what's the cure for feeling rejected and <laughs> getting beyond it and getting back out there. And it's like, there's no cure for feeling rejected. You have to feel it and you have to just, you know, take the steps to move past it and then just get yourself back out there again. And I think that's so important to, for people to remember and not feel like, Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. I'm just going to go out with somebody else right now and and make that feeling go away. And you know, I only was talking to that person for three days. Why do I care so much? And you know, kind of beating yourself up and and that you know, kind of self um, self criticism and and making yourself feel bad about it. And I think just feel it and feel that you know, recognize that you feel rejected, and and then try take the steps that you need to move past that. 
But also, um, you know, what I tell people is you have to remember that, you know, in a lot of these situations with online dating, they're not actually rejecting you, you know, and, and you have to remember that this person hasn't even met you yet in person, you know, if we're talking about just the messaging, pe people falling off in that way. Um, they haven't even met you yet. So they're really just, they're not rejecting you. They're just either flaky or something came up or whatever. There's a million reasons why you don't hear from somebody again. And, or they decided to go off the app or whatever, you know, there's a, hundreds of reasons. So I think just realizing <clears throat> that it's not personal and it has nothing to do with you. It's really, it's, you know, it's their own, it's their own thing. And you need to just recognize that and be able to move past it because the, you know, that's something that about online dating that gets people really hung up on is, well, you know, I message people and I never hear back from them again. Yeah. That's great advice. It's about them. It's not about you. And understand yeah. that, you know, maybe they got COVID, maybe they had a death <clears throat> in the family or, you know, if they, if it's not mutual, then that's okay. You've got yeah. to kiss, you know, a number of frogs before you, before you find your prince. And I would also just add too is the self-compassion piece. Like, I love that you said, you know, feel your emotions instead of like pushing them away. What my clients often do is they eat them away or they take them away. They duck under the covers with Ben and Jerry's and watch Netflix um, that's not going to solve your problem, but feel your feelings and ask yourself, what do I really need right now? Like, do I need to, as you know, Wendy was saying, like, do I have a good girlfriend I can go hang out with who yeah. loves and accepts me exactly as I am? Can I hang out with my pet who loves and accept, accepts me? Can I work on loving, accepting myself and just feel it? But then, you know, moving on and realizing that it's not about you. And so where does um, taking care of yourself, what role does that play um, as you're in this in online dating pool? Well, I think it's, you know, back to, you know, having a level of positivity going into online dating, you know, I think that it's, it's important to, to, like you were saying, you need to love yourself. You need to be feeling good about yourself. You need to be feeling excited about meeting new people. And I think all those things are a way to take care of yourself, to be ready to online date. Um, because you do, you have to, you have to be feeling ready for it. Cause it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's no joke. <laughs> it's like, you have to really be putting yourself out there. And as I say, you can't just dabble and, you know, or, I mean, you can, but you're not going to have a successful online dating life. If you're just dabbling and checking your dating apps here and there, or, you know, once a month. And, you know, I have clients that come to me saying like, I've been online dating for years and I'll say, well, how, you know, how often are you checking and, and swiping or messaging? And, Oh, you know, I go on every month or two and just see what's out there and see who's, you know, who's on there. And it's like you, that you can't, you can't do it that way. You have to be diligent. You have to be setting aside time. Um, you need to kind of have a, a little bit of a strategy, honestly, um, in approaching online dating and be ready to, to put the effort out there. Yeah, it's a bit like a job. I know I, I didn't take that long to find Kenny, but he took about four and a half years to find me. So he would be on like every single night. He's this amazing gardener and he would just make big salads and he would sit there for hours, like going through all of his things, just knowing. And he did his chanting. You know, he's a Kundalini teacher. So he would like chant to and from work all the time. And, you know, it was, he feels like he did the work for both of us, but it, it can be work, right? Absolutely. Right, right, right. It's funny with, with my, I met my partner online too. And um, it was the opposite. I was on there for a few years and he had just gotten on a few months before that. So I always say like, you're so lucky. <laughs> you didn't have to put in all that time. <laughs> so how do you put your best foot forward? I want to talk a little bit too, because I know you've got a background in style. And I just, one of my big pet peeves is when I see women, and I think, you know, Wendy talked about this too, is 
whether they're real estate agents or in banking, corporate, whatever they're in it, but they use their 26 year old self picture. Oh yeah. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And then, you know, is it any wonder that, you know, the person meets you and they're, you don't look like your picture. I know that's one of the things that's a big no, but how do you put your best foot forward in getting out there in the dating world? Well, obviously, yes, good pictures are a huge part of it. Um, And people have, you know, anything from 10 year old pictures to pictures where you can't even actually see the person because they're blurry or they're with, you know, 20 other people or, you know, those are all actually, they're a cliche for a reason. Um, So obviously having really good photos that you spend some effort on, you know, and not just uploading one or two, definitely more than you know, I always say at least six photos, depending on the app, but at least six. Um, but putting some effort into those photos, you know, taking a bunch of selfies or having a friend take a ton of pictures of you and, you know, and practicing really, um, because a lot of people our age don't take photos of themselves. They don't take selfies. They don't have any photos other than, especially if you've been in a marriage and, you know, a long time, I didn't have any photos of myself without my kids or my husband. So, you know, I think that's very common and for men and women and, you know, really taking the time to take some photos of just you without your children, you know, without your cropping out your ex partner and, uh, and really putting some effort in there. Andy was saying about style, you know, I think that is so, it's so key and it's not because I want people to go out and buy thousands of dollars of new clothes that are all trendy or something. It's because I want people to buy, you know, I even say to people, you know, cause a lot of people come to me and they're on a budget because they're going through a divorce or, you know, they just went through a divorce and it can be expensive. And so my advice is like, buy two things that make you feel amazing and literally just wear those two things, you know, wear those pants and that top every first date. Yes. And that's huge. You know, you're going to walk out the door and you're, you know, what I say is you can literally wear the same outfit on every single first date, you know, and that nobody knows that you're rewearing it a hundred times and you know, it's a, it's tried and true. You're not reinventing the wheel every time you walk out the door, which can get so stressful and you're already feeling nervous enough going out on dates. And, you know, that's takes one thing off your plate and just stepping out the door and knowing you feel really good about what you're wearing. Yeah. You can also hire a photographer. You know, I, I had all my headshots and everything done for my website. And I think she charged, I don't know, I think it was like two fifty. I mean, I decided, you know, I wanted my website to look good, but I went and I had a professional makeup done, had her mm-hmm. shoot me. I look like me and it looked, they look really good, yeah. but there's nothing, you know, Absolutely. wrong with doing it. If you need that confidence, mm-hmm. you know, even my stylist isn't that expensive. I mean, this is part of the whole confidence and just getting to know what makes me feel comfortable, but still doing you right. Yeah. Looking like yeah. yourself. But I love that. Let's just get one or two outfits that you feel really, really comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the profile piece? Have suggestions with somebody doing their profile? You mean hi- hiring someone to help them? Well, no, to, to, to writing your profile. Their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so hiring a photographer, you know, is definitely obviously a, a great way to go. Um, if you can, you know, afford that and, um, or just again, like grabbing a friend and, you know, we have like a checklist that we give to people, like just do this, this, and this, you know, and like, here's your guidelines and take that and and do that with a friend. You know, you don't have to spend the hundreds of dollars on a photographer. Um, So that's key. And then also really taking the time to write a bio that's going to stand out from the others. You know, as you know, if you've online dated, you start to see the same things over and over again. 
you know, I'm, I'm loyal. I'm funny. I'm, I love yoga. I love dinners out. I love red wine. You know, you see the same thing. So really kind of, you know, see, thinking about what's unique to you and really conveying that and and having a couple friends read it over for you before you put it up there and see if it sounds true to you and authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, my headline was sophisticated hippie chick healer. So it, with, with a, with a hippie heart or something <laughs> like that. So we're nice. almost out of time, Wendy. I want you to ask a question of Alyssa. Do you have a question? I have so many. I wrote down like six, but I'm going to go with this one. Um, so, you know, it's never been unusual uh, for older men to date younger women. And I now have a friend who's going to be 60 this year and she's living her best effing life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is, she's newly divorced. She is, she's got her shit together. Her mojo is high and she's on dating apps and uh, and she's like 90% of these guys are 35 40 42 so my question to you is are you seeing that trend more and more where the younger guys are interested in genuinely interested yes. in older women. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, yeah, a lot of my clients find that and I found that too. And of course there are the the few people that are doing that because they just want to be with somebody that doesn't want to get married and have children. And, you know, like they date someone older because they know they don't have to worry about those things. But, you know, and, and that being said, I think there's plenty of real relationships that are happening that are a 20, mm-hmm. I have actually two friends that are divorced and dating um, people that are 20 to 25 years younger than them. They're in their fifties and it's like real relationships. They're living, they're living with these people. Like, and it's, yes. it's not just, you know, a fling or something, you know, it's really interesting. I, I love that actually. It's, I, it's definitely in me and I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Cool. And I just, I, I'm a big fan of Grace and Frankie and I'm just at the place where Jane Fonda, I don't remember the other actor, but he's, you know, 20 years younger than her. And she like pulls off her makeup, pulls up her eyelashes, shows the cane. Oh, she's having knee issues. Yeah. And she's like, is this what you want? And he kisses her and he takes her up to the bedroom. But it's, you know, it's so sweet that, you know, a, I think that it's just bring everything full circle. Age is just a number. And I think we need to get mm-hmm. away from having any stigma around it. We can always have that inner child, that true self can shine regardless. So got a moment left. Alyssa, where can people reach you? Um, well, my website is stylemyprofilenyc.com. And then I'm on Instagram at, at Alyssa Deneen and also stylemyprofilenyc. Perfect. And Wendy, how can people reach you? Uh, the main place is Instagram, goodbye crop top. Um, if you want to shoot me an email, you can send it to info at goodbye crop top. And my website is goodbyecroptop.com. Awesome. Well, check them both out. They're awesome. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening. This was so much fun. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review and go visit me over at themidlifewhisper.com. That's themidlifewhisper.com. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real discover who you are and get the tools to navigate your life until we talk again have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife